And it was like a wake up call for me that as much as I love giving away everything I have at the end of the day, what's going to make my impact sustainable in the world is resources. Time Mm -hmm. and money are two very great resources. And if you don't have them, it's hard to make the size of difference that I think so many of us envision. Welcome to Nourish with Michelle Fox, your guide to a vibrant life after 40. If consistency has been a challenge for you and you occasionally forget self-care, you, my friend, are in the right place. Tune in for weekly inspiration to nourish your mind. I know your plate's full and I want to help you support a life and a body that you adore. Let's dig in. I met our next guest, Walking Her Talk. As you know, if you've been listening to me for a few episodes or all of them, wink, wink, like if you haven't, go back and listen to the rest because our guests have been so juicy. The information has been so helpful and healing, and this guest is going to bring the goods as well. So today I am with Stacy Bennett, and just to give you a little bit more so I don't feel like I'm completely teasing you, but she and I met through the Young Americans Center, where we were both sitting as judges on a panel for these amazing entrepreneurial teenagers. And I invited her on this podcast because I was so struck by her persistence and her perseverance. And so you will see some of that yummy energy as we get talking. But just to read her bio, so you know a little bit more of her backstory, she shares that she did not learn how to use money well until she was out of college and already deep underwater financially. Like a lot of people, Stacy thought she was just bad with money. Once she realized that she just simply lacked learnable skills, her life began to transform. Stacy came to understand there was nothing wrong with her. In fact, the opposite was true. She began to build her financial management systems around her behaviors and her habits, and that's all in tandem with her personality and in service of her goals. We are absolutely going to dig into that in a moment. Doing so, though, it unleashed a passion for and success with money. Amen. We'll say that again. And success with money. And she has since been compelled to share that with others. Seeing that many entrepreneurs lack the same skills and systems that have brought her success and fulfillment, she created the SLC Group to provide people with the tools, skills, and support they need to build sustainable, profitable companies. So Stacy, thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me and telling me about this delicious podcast that you're doing. I'm so thrilled to get to be a part of it. So. Mm, my pleasure. My pleasure. And I, I'm excited to dig a little bit more into your backstory. Before we jump there, are you willing to play a quick game with me? Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. That does not sound all that believable. Stacey I'm a Bennett. little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Like money, no problem. Games, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, how about this? I will throw you a softball. So this okay. one, when I say the words sweet, salty, or savory, which one do you choose? Savory, mm. savory every time. 
Ah, okay. And since just even in your title and the work you do, I know that you are a business woman. So looking at your inbox right now, would you say inbox zero or inbox (laughs) 10,000? I am a bit neurotic about my inbox, so it's never going to be 10,000. But if I get over like 15, I start having this like stress, like 15 undealt with, you know, emails. I'm probably, I'm probably sitting at about 13 right now. So yeah, that's where, yeah. So it feels like 10,000 to me, but other people would be like, 13, girlfriend, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right. All right. Last but not least, would you be willing to share a story with us about your childhood surrounding the kitchen? Mm, Yes, I have my favorite story. One of my favorite stories from my childhood, actually. I I grew up in the 80s and early 90s, right? So back when having a camcorder around the house was like ripe for family videos, we don't have a ton. But the one that we've had for the entire year is labeled Stacy's Cooking Show. Oh, we need to hear more. Tell us. So cute. (laughs) I was probably... I was probably eight and then I've got an older brother. He was about nine. And then my younger sister was in kindergarten. And so we did a cooking show and my favorite thing to make was pudding pies. So it's the the graham cracker crust and then you make the pudding and you fill it and then you put whipped cream on top. Still probably one of my favorite desserts. And so we did a cooking show where I was the lead in the kitchen, just walking everybody through how to make a pudding pie. I had my brother and my sister were like my assistants while my mom was filming. And then at the end of it, we did like interviews with the crew. And so my brother and sister and I got to answer these very professional questions about how we liked school and, you know, like, oh, it was super, super fun. I think I've seen it maybe twice as an adult, just looking back and watching it. And it's just, I don't know, it's hilarious. Yeah. Missing the teeth and lisps and all the good stuff, all the good stuff. (laughs) So it sounds like your entrepreneurial journey started at a very young age. I mean, what I'm hearing (laughs) is you brought people together. You were designing the show. You were directing people on what to do and where to be. And so I can imagine that's only grown as you are presenting as the entrepreneur that you are today. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because you're so 100% right. And if you had asked me any time before I started my business in 2018, I would have told you I don't have an entrepreneurial bone in my body. I just didn't see myself that way. But, you know, when you say that, you're, you're right. And I mean, I had lemonade stands and I did all sorts of things when I was little. And I think at some point... I like maybe even forgot how much I enjoyed and how good I was at doing stuff like that. So what an Mm. interesting piece to connect for me there. Mm, Yes. And one more that I'll grab and connect, just looking at your awesome website. One of your taglines here is empowering businesses to create a world that works for everyone. And that is very much what I have seen in you, just a little bit that I have gotten to learn and and know about you. But even just listening to the story of you in the kitchen with your show, like you are bringing 
everybody together. Would you say that that's something that's innate in you or is that something that you've grown and learned how to be a connector? Yeah, I think I've learned how to get better at it. And I think it's an innate desire. Like I've always been someone who like the thing I enjoy the most is bringing people together and just wrapping my arms around all of them. And I I love when I envision, you know, what I want for myself, it always contains other people and what I want for them and what they want for themselves. And one of the things, even as I'm building my business, I keep experiencing is, oh, I could, I could totally offer this person an opportunity to do this. You know, wouldn't it be cool if they could grow that with the business and the business could provide this space for them too? And so I do think that is very much like a natural, just, I, I, I got goosebumps when you read that tagline back because it is so central to how and why I show up in the world. So. Mm. And I believe that is where your work and my work intersects because we both have a passion for community and specifically healing and helping other women be strong and feel good about themselves in community. And so the topic I would love to chat about today is cultivating healthy financial habits because my women in my community, we are busy. Oh my goodness. A lot of us are in transitions, whether it's we have children who are leaving the home and or like me, I have teenagers, three of them, and they all have very different desires and goals. And on on top of, you know, my desires and goals, some of the women in my community are going through divorce. So I know that comes around the money conversation as well. A lot of us are looking at, you know, do I want to still be in the same job or I built this business? Can I try something else? And so all of this transition. And so today, as we kind of really dig in, I would love to pull out some tangible items that after today's conversation, women can walk away and say, yes, this is this is what I'm going to try to improve my financial well-being. So with that, can you just start us off with even just one thing that may come up that you think could be helpful for someone to improve their life? Yeah, absolutely. I do love this conversation so much because, I mean, to think about being somebody who was like terrified of and frankly hated money to being somebody who was thrilled to come on a podcast and talk about it, right? You've got to imagine that there are a lot of people who don't see it possible for them to have a really positive, healthy relationship with money. And I feel like I very much model the opportunity. And so I think that for me, the first place to start is and was spending time with money in an intentional way. So spending time looking at money, spending time addressing thoughts and feelings that we have about money. And so in the progression of like, there's there's the things to do, right? There's the things to start doing on a regular basis and the habits to build. But it really starts with with the relationship that we have with money. You know, is it something that we avoid because we're afraid of it? Is it something that we avoid because we have the thought that we've never been good at it or, you know, our spouse always manages that or, you know, we never grew up with a good example of how to do it well or, you know, we just don't care about it. We're indifferent. It's not that we don't like it. It's just not interesting to us. There's so much other cooler stuff to do, you know, like any of those spaces that we may be in. I think that 
for me, money is such an opportunity for personal growth and development, for finding ways to both experience and express love in life, you know? And so the deeper we can connect to our money and the more time we can spend with it in this sort of like positive vibe, I think it really opens up a whole a whole other dimension that we can start to actually build skills and ask strategic questions at, you know, and look forward at what we want for the future and have money be one of the, one of the rungs on the ladder that we use to kind of get there. So that one you'll hear, you know, in any of the places that I speak about money, kind of the first thing that I say is like, well, how much time are you spending with money and how is the quality of that time? Let me ask you something. Are you ready for more connection? I know I am. And that is why I would like to invite you to nourish the membership where we are building community. We are boosting your health and we are finding new ways to have fun with social media. Get access to exclusive workshops and expert insights, teaching you how to create irresistible content in a supportive environment. Plus, we'll nourish your body with mouthwatering recipes, helping you to make healthier choices in the kitchen and increase your energy levels. But the best part, I believe, is that you will connect with like-hearted individuals and have a lot of fun as you walk your healing path. So come join us at michellefox.com forward slash nourish and let's elevate our lives together. I also want to expand on what you share about no profit, no impact, because I will tell you, I know I'm a bit older than you and women in my community, I will say a lot of us were raised to believe that, you know, you keep money to yourself, you keep that as a secret and even worse to my soul and my heart that I, I grew up seeing and try to, you know, dispel that now, which is that money is bad. Like you don't want to be rich because, you know, rich people are bad or they do evil things. But why I love how you say no profit, no impact is because that reframes it. It's like, yes, a lot of us do want to have impact on the world. And I know there's, and maybe you can speak to it. I know there is research to show that when you give women money, we tend to do more good in the world and we have more money or when we have more money, we're able to help more people. And so can you expand a little bit about that thought that that you, that you talk about? Yeah. First, just to that last sentence that you said, if anybody hasn't come across or read work by Rachel Rogers, I've got so much respect for her as an influencer, as a business owner. And she writes in her book, We Should All Be Millionaires, on to that exact point that what women do with economic power is we serve the world. We serve our families, our communities, and ourselves and in a way that really lifts all ships. And so let's accumulate that wealth and that power and use it positively. And I just, I love her fire and her passion around that. So Rachel Rogers is, mm-hmm. a, is, I think, can speak to that, you know, better than I can. And, you know, where it has impacted me in my life actually came out of 
working with nonprofit organizations. So I, you know, I met you working with young people judging a teen business plan competition. Teens have always kind of been like my people. I love doing mentorship and just being in the world. There's just such this great creative energy that is happening at that phase of your life. And I just, it's, it resonates with me. And so I was volunteering as a mentor with an organization in Denver for years, I was facilitating programs with them. I followed my mentee, Sadie's, all the way from ninth grade until she graduated and then went to college. And so I got to really see this beautiful journey from upfront and personal and getting to see her in her life. And I fell in love with the program that I mm-hmm. was a part of and the space they made for mentors and volunteers. And unfortunately, what was happening and is happening for a lot of smaller nonprofits and, you know, particularly is funding after the tax laws changed in general, as more and more nonprofits are created, the funds and the resources are getting smaller and smaller. And so they ended up having to merge with another organization and then with another organization and kind of today they don't really exist in the capacity that they did doing the work that they were doing at the time that I was involved with them. And for anybody that was involved as a mentor and kind of coming up with this organization, it really was a heartbreaking loss. It was Mm -hmm. like one of the most vulnerable, like safe and vulnerable and beautiful relational spaces I'd ever inhabited. And anything I could do with them, I wanted to do. And then they were just not there anymore. And they weren't there anymore, largely because of money. Hmm, And that happened in 2018. And it was like a wake up call for me that as much as I love giving away everything I have, at the end of the day, what's going to make my impact sustainable in the world is resources. Time Mm -hmm. and money are two very great resources. And if you don't have them, it's hard to make the size of difference that I think so many of us envision. And so I read a lot about B Corps. They're, they're, that's a class of business that is really starting to take that seriously, that our impact, our social mission, the work we do with the world should actually be front and center in our business, not a second thought. It's not second to profit. It is right there alongside profit. And it's not primary to profit either, because ultimately, if there's no profit, there's no impact. So that has been a driving force for me as I've been building my business is, you know, when I, when I look around, I, I, I see my impact and my mission is something that needs my protection, my guidance, my diligence, and my, my energy, and not just my energy, but the financial energy that I, you know, can put towards. I have a responsibility to, to manage my finances in a way that makes it sustainable. And I think that has brought just a different lens. And as you kind of pointed to, I think women in particular, but everybody, I think, I think this can be a general statement. A lot of us can have the perspective that accumulating money is bad. I think a lot of us struggle with this cultural pressure to not amass too much wealth. And also kind of a cultural pressure to succeed financially that can be very confusing 
and I think can muddy the waters about what we're actually here to do. And so this perspective that no profit, no impact has provided for me a new lens through which to filter that information and a new way to look at my responsibility as a business owner, you know, that I, I can't afford to mismanage my company's money. I have mm -hmm. people and a planet depending on me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, that while, you know, I think it can be a little, a, a lot of pressure. It also is a very great guide, you know, like this is why I'm here. Ultimately I'm here to make a difference. My money supports me in that. I'm grateful to my money for doing that, for providing that, you know, and I'm here to be a steward of it, you know, and to handle it responsibly. So, mm. and as you were talking, I don't think I introduced you in the beginning as a financial coach, but is that how you identify financial coach? Yeah. A financial coach, you know, I have tested so many different names for myself <laughs> and it kind of changes right now. You know, I, I'm the founder and vision setter at the SLC group. And I also Love do it. kind of all the things. Most clients know me as their bookkeeper or their profit first coach. Right. And so, yeah. <laughs> and you say more about the profit first, just the title alone. I'm like, I'm yeah. leaning in. <laughs> yes. Profit yes. first is an incredible cash management system. It was created and then popularized by Mike McCallowitz. He's got a book by that name. It's called Profit First, if anybody wants to check it out. But he really introduces the idea that cash flow management, so that the way that you interact with the day-to-day -day money that moves through your business, it needs to be habits-based. It needs to work in alignment with how business owners think. And a lot of times what gets us in trouble is that the way that we think and the systems that we have to manage our money don't work cohesively together and so we end up overspending or we end up with confusion about what our money is for. We don't know what to pay ourselves or we're surprised by a tax bill or, you know, those kind of things are rampant in business owners' experiences of their money because of our systems. If you've ever heard of like grandma's envelope system, mm -hmm. I that was actually the method that allowed me to dig myself out of that financial hole. I was working at a restaurant at the time and I would bring my tips home and I would divide them into different envelopes. This is my groceries. This is my gas. This is my, my snacks and entertainment money. Right. And so that allowed me to, when I went to the grocery store with my groceries envelope, if it wasn't there, I couldn't spend it. Right. So that's a simple example. Ah. For business owners, it works the same way. And Profit First really leverages that system systematizing of how you spend your money and says instead of pouring all of your money into one account and then trying to keep straight what's available for what what needs to be for taxes and what's for payroll and what you know what's for inventory and kind of all of those places segment your money across different accounts so you've got an operating expense account and a tax savings account and a profit savings account and an owner's pay account and then when you ask yourself, like, well, how much can I pay myself? Well, how much money is in your owner's pay account? You know, oh. and it gets funded by a percentage of your revenue. And those percentages are really set based on, you know, what are some healthy, what is the healthy balance of 
how to allocate your money in a business. So if you bring in, you know, a thousand dollars and you pay yourself 500 of it, that's a healthy allocation. If you bring in a thousand dollars and you don't pay yourself any of it, that is not a healthy or sustainable allocation, but that's how so many businesses run. Right. Mm -hmm. So it helps us kind of keep our operating expenses controlled to what we say, like we're going to use 35% of our revenue for operating expenses. Now my budget is my bank balance Uh, rather than I've got to have this number in my brain of what's going to be coming out of my bank account. What was my budget again? I haven't looked at it in three weeks or kind of all of the things that, you know, we do. So, yeah. So that's profit first. Thank you for breaking that down. I, I was not aware of that. And so as far as tactical tools that women can use, and of course, men as well, yeah. we, we don't want to exclude anybody. Um, but it sounds like one, we're going to spend more time with our money, looking yeah. at the money, being aware of what we have. Number two, we're going to categorize our spending and make our budget from there. Yeah. Um, can you give us a third item that we should probably be paying more attention to? Yeah, I so the concept of separating your money into different accounts. I know Profit First really addresses how to do this on a business side. Personally, we I do it as well when I coach young people or adults on how to do cash flow management in their own day-to-day lives. For me, the way that I've got it structured is I have a bill account and my bill account contains the balance of whatever is going to be coming out for bills, rent, utilities, mortgage payments, kind of all of that. And then I've got a flex account that is separate. And that is the only one I carry a debit card around for. That is what I put my groceries and my entertainment and kind of all of that in. And then I have separate savings accounts for all of my different financial goals. So I like to travel. So I set aside money every month for travel. I you know, have pets. So I set aside money every month for my vet bills and for things that my pets are going to need. And what this is allowing me to do is one, I'm not having to scrounge at you know the last minute because I just haven't made space in my budget for the big trip I'm going to be taking at the end of the month, for example. I remember I was probably 27, 28 when I took my dog to an emergency vet appointment for the first time mm-hmm. and had savings. To ah. You know, that had I to remember feel so empowering. It was I imagine. so empowering. Like it was a life changing moment. I had started, mm. you know, putting money into this bucket every month for my vet bills. I had to take her to the vet. I pulled out my debit card. I transferred money over from savings. And it was like, this works. This works. And so I encourage, you know, folks to separate your money instead of having to scrounge at the last minute for this upgrade or this car repair or this trip or this whatever, build it into your monthly cash flow so that it's stable. So every month I put $400 in my travel, even though I'm not going to be spending that until December when I go visit my family, you know, that, you know, kind of thing you're paying for all year long. Another great thing to do this with is Christmas presents. Like Mm. how many of us get to the holidays and we are overwhelmed at how much money we just spent. Build that in throughout the year so that when Christmas gets here, you've got money to pull from. I found when I was, you know, I I found that a lot of people have trouble with the conversation about how much should I be saving because that number is so varied. And truthfully, once you move money into a savings account, like what's it there for? Like it could be there for any number of things. And is this thing worth me pulling money out of savings for? So by 
creating buckets and saving in buckets. It clarifies what you're using it for, why it's worth putting money aside in the first place, and then what sorts of things happen in your life that are worth pulling from savings for. You know, it's, it's got a it's got a job. Yes. As a real life example, my husband, Steve and I, even before we were married, but once we started cohabitating about, I guess, seven years ago now, we did decide to combine our money and we do like, it's all in the same bank, but we have, you know, one savings that specifically is for Christmas to your point. We have one that we entitle freedom because I really believe that words are powerful. And so people talk about the emergency fund and I'm like, no, I'm not planning for an emergency. I'm planning to have freedom and knowing that I have this money saved aside for when, you know, the inevitable does happen, you know, I feel free that I'm able to pull it out. And then we also have an account for, what is it? Oh, travel. So yeah, similar to you as well. And so, Yeah. yeah, every month we put a certain amount in and it just feels so light knowing that yeah. The money is there, you know, and we have it set. I know for entrepreneurs, you might have to do something a little bit more physical as far as moving the money yourself. Cause Steve, my husband does work for an eight to five. So we are able to, you know, allocate those dollars from HR. So we never even see that money oh, nice. yeah. leaving yeah, the paycheck. Yeah. It goes straight into the savings account. So yeah. I just offer that to get people thinking like, well, what are my values? Cause maybe yeah. travel is not a value and maybe, right. you know, the holidays isn't necessarily your thing, but right. think about the things like you mentioned your pet. Like if you are into pampering this pet and you want that money for the pet, like perhaps you have the pet savings fund. Yeah. Like, I love that, that point yeah. that you brought up. Yeah. And you said something a moment ago. Oh, your, your point about how he's able to do it effortlessly. He just has it, you know, deposited, direct deposit into the different accounts. That is another piece that I would offer as a, a tool is to the best, you know, as many places as you can automate it so that it happens without you needing to, you know, whether that's automatic transfers into different accounts. I have a profit first system that I run in my business, right? So I've got my income account and then it divvies out into all these other buckets. And I actually found a bank that is designed for that. And so they've got automatic transfers that it just automatically does 10% of my account balance to this account and 15 to this one and 35 to this one. Every Friday, whatever's in my income account just happens for me. The idea of making it simple on yourself, like we're all busy. We've got a million things to do. And I spent a ton of time with my money when I first started this journey, a ton of it. And I loved it because I was learning and I was growing and it was fascinating. And now like 10 years in, there's no way I could spend even a fraction of that time with my money. Mm -hmm. And so I found ways to make it as efficient as possible and have it happen out of sight, out of mind as much as possible. You know? Yes. I am in the bucket of physically moving money from my paycheck over to our buckets as well. But, you know, with a disclaimer that this bank is not sponsoring the show, nor are you necessarily endorsing them, would you be willing to share this bank that does this automatic movement? Yeah, yeah, it's called Relay Bank. Mm -hmm. They only they're in the United States. And I, you know, I, 
I don't get any kind of like sponsorship or anything from them. And I love them because I have tried four different business banks before them. And I am pretty astounded at how challenging it is to set up and manage business banks. And if you use the kind of system that I do where you've got multiple bank accounts, it's that times 10, right? Like the just the setup piece alone is time consuming and frustrating. So when Relay came about and released all this, I think it's, I mean, within the last nine months or so, maybe, maybe the last 12 months, it, it like blew my mind. And I, I speak so highly of them because I love the work that they do. I also am a bookkeeper. And so I know kind of some of the intricacies of how different banks work with business bookkeeping systems and how some of them can be a real headache. And uh -huh. <laughs> I love what Relay has done in like, they took the perspective of how do bookkeepers and accountants and business owners need to be able to see their banking data for it to be sane and rational for them. And then they created a system that works for that. So really, I just think has done a really great job of hearing the needs of business owners and bookkeepers in the market and creating a solution for it. So yeah, I highly recommend them. I will check them out because yeah, yeah, I have not been as fond of my bank as I, I would like to, especially with all the charges that they charge me for certain things. I'm like, it shouldn't be this hard. So no. I will be checking them out. Thank you, Stacey. It's expensive. <laughs> they are entirely yes. online. So I know some folks, they want a brick and mortar. Relay doesn't have that option, but there are ways to do kind of hybrid where you've got your home bank that you deposit cash into and all that. Now, one thing I want to circle back to when you were talking earlier in our conversation, you mentioned the term B Corp. I'm not familiar with that. What What is that all about? Yeah. So it is actually a legal designation of business, same as like an S Corp or an LLC, a benefit corporation is um, how it's stated at like the legal level. And then B Corp is sort of the certification. So without getting too kind of in the weeds about it, basically what they do is they bake the mission or the impact promises of a business into the operations agreement of the business. So uh -huh. one of the things that happens as businesses grow is you get forced to choose between your shareholders and your impact. And there are, it kind of puts handcuffs on your impact at some point where if there's a choice that is better for your mission in the world, it's more environmentally friendly, more sustainable, more socially responsible, right? but it isn't as profitable, you're legally bound to do what is best for your shareholders, even if it's against your mission. It's why so many businesses sell out as they get bigger, right? Like it's not just a bunch of, you know, mean, bad people at the top who make bad decisions. Like this is baked into the fabric of our economy and how business works. B Corps, they, because they are a legal class of business, they're able to actually write in their impact promises that those things have to be weighted equally alongside the impact on profit. So if you are ever faced with that choice, that I want to make this choice or I want to make this decision, it's more economically friendly, but it's not as profitable, B Corps are protected and they can make the choice that's more aligned with their mission. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of really great companies out there that are certified B Corps, Patagonia, Silk 
almond milk, you know, like they're, they're a B Corp. There are a lot of companies and, and what they say is like, I promise that my mission, my impact, my sustainability is as important to me as my profits are. And you can count on me to make choices that are aligned with that. So B Corps. Oh, yeah. That they're great. Really good to know. Thank you, know, you for that. It's, it's inspiring, isn't it? it? It gives, when I first learned about that, I was like, wait, there are businesses that are thinking this way. There's an entire economy that is thinking this way. I know. Vote yes. with your dollars. If it's got a B Corp symbol on it, pick that one over the one next to it every time. Yes. I am a huge fan of spending money that aligns with my values. And so yes. now it looks like there's an even easier way to look up these companies to see hey, are they truly aligned with my values? And hey, am I going to still spend my money with them? So yeah, thank you for that hip tip. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. So now as we wind down, is there anything else you want to add that can support our community in cultivating healthier mindsets around their money? Yeah, I think the thing that has made the biggest difference for me is to know that I'm going to make mistakes I'm going to go through transition periods. I'm going to take risks and they're not always going to pan out as cleanly as I like. So one of the things I had to be willing to do at the very beginning is mess up and clean up my messes when I made them. And I think because there's such a mindset around like you're either good with money or you're bad with money. A lot of times we we go to town on ourselves when we make a mistake with money or when we take a risk and it doesn't pan out. And the temptation can be there to say, I messed up, I'm bad with money. And I just really encourage people to take the perspective like, no, I'm just learning. I'm dancing. I'm experimenting. You know, my my husband and I, when we first, you know, merged our finances, it was a completely different world of financial learning. Mm. You know, I had 10 years under my belt of really perfecting my systems and I felt so on lock about things. And then all of a sudden it was chaos, you know, and <laughs> that and can happen. Yes. Totally. You throw another person in the mix. It's completely new skills, completely new conversations. And so just being willing to be messy at every stage, every stage of it. And, and let money be a guide and a teacher wherever you are on the journey. I think that just, it gives us a lot more space to be compassionate with ourselves and to continue growing. Hmm. So I know we have a listener, if not a hundred listeners right now that are raising their hands saying, yes, please, Stacey. Yes, I, I want to work with you. Like, how do we find you? Yeah, awesome. Please find me. My website is the slcgroup.co. So it's T H E S L C group.co. I am happy to have a conversation, a strategy session to talk about you or your business, your goals, you know, and, and what the SLC group can do to partner with you and, and being successful and keeping that heart centered, impact first perspective as you grow a successful business. Fabulous. I will absolutely add all of your links in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you for showing up. Thank you for showing up to empower others to know that they can make money and they are worthy of having a lot of money. So yeah. thank you for sharing your message and thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been delightful.
Very great. Very grateful. Thanks so much for listening to Nourish. Have you been driving, doing laundry, or walking around the neighborhood? Sweet. I've got show notes for you. Hop on over to michellefox.com forward slash podcast when you are ready. I will let you know that on the page, you will find resources to support what you've just learned on today's show. And then of course, you can grab some health supportive freebies as well. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would leave a review on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It will help me with my mission to build healthier communities one person at a time, and it will help you because you will be part of that mission. I'll be back next week, and I encourage you to keep showing up for yourself and know that you and your health matter. Big love.